0: Safe for work.
1: Not safe for work. Not safe for work.
2: Welcome to Not Safe For Network. I'm Biggs. I'm Brandon. And I'm Carl. So I was reading online that Howard University is renaming their College of Fine Arts to honor Chadwick Bozeman, who graduated in 2000 with a bachelor's degree in directing. You said University of Bozeman? No, Chadwick Bozeman. Oh, sorry, I conflated all of that stuff in my head. It was the uh, School of Fine Arts College at Howard University. They were trying to figure out how they wanted to honor Chadwick Bozeman was one of their most esteemed alumni. Originally, the School of Fine Arts, the School of Arts and Science were separate because they were going to combine the two colleges. And he actually lobbied back in 97 to keep them separate. And I actually don't know if they uh, had combined them or not. I didn't get that far in my research because it sounds like they had sp- joined the two colleges together and split them back apart since he was trying to keep that from happening. This was a good way to honor him. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I uh, actually had rewatched Avengers Endgame the other night and it just kind of got a little misty when uh, T'Challa walked through the portal at in the third act.
1: Yeah, I don't think I've given that a rewatch since he passed, but eventually it'll come up. My daughter and I have been slowly working back through the MCU movies. Uh, I've fallen woefully behind on them in all the spare time I've had that I'm not editing podcasts or figuring out stuff for podcasts. I've been playing my Spider-Man game, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's not like I don't have the time. I just haven't made the time.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's a pretty good commitment watching Endgame, but it was... No, it's not.
1: Not just Endgame,
2: but I'm trying to watch them no, all. I... <laughs> no, I, I get you, but I we, was... We are uh, about to start phase three. So I was watching that and I was like, I forgot that, that how great that movie is. Oh, it's like, so much fun. It is a roller coaster of emotion. Like I finished watching it. It was about 11 o'clock when we finally finished it. And I was like emotionally drained from that movie. Like... The laughs are so good, like, it pulls at your heartstrings, like, even stuff I kind of forgot about, like, when Ant-Man meets his, like, grown-up daughter, basically, like, it just, oh, slayed me.
1: Yeah, and I feel like Infinity War is as good as Endgame, but when you have that sense that the deaths are for real in Endgame, it seems to mean a little bit more. You know what I mean? But in terms of, like, the way that Spider-Man deals with dying, that destroys me every time I watch that movie, too. But that portal scene is just amazing in Endgame. Like, I think it's the single best MCU scene.
2: Yeah, it's like a full-page splash page, like, straight out of the comic. But
1: they've done splash pages before. Yeah, they They just, like, really, really nailed it. And the the on-your-left with Captain America before Falcon shows up and then everybody comes out of the portals, that's amazing. Amazing. I almost said Aegis Fang going into Cap's hand, but obviously <laughs> that's the wrong Warhammer. <laughs> wrong Warhammer. <laughs> Mjolnir. <laughs> meow meow. <laughs> that's amazing. The whole thing with Tony Stark getting the gems and having his hand explode and sacrificing himself is amazing. Like that is just a really great scene from start to finish. And it's a long scene, too. Yeah. That seems like a good honor for Chadwick Boseman.
2: Yeah. They were going to nominate him for the Board of Presidents for Howard University for the Fine Arts College, but unfortunately he was too sick to be an acting member. I know the other, I think it was the president or vice president of the board is uh, Felicia Rashad.
1: Let me ask you guys really quick, not to get tongue in cheek or anything, but what do you think they're going to do for the new Black Panther movie?
2: Wakanda
0: Forever?
1: Yeah. I mean... Who's going to be the main character of it? Is there going to be a main character? I'd like to see a lot of Shuri, personally. That's what I've said, too. But let's not count out Mephisto. I'm just (laughs) saying. (laughs)
0: We'll see the Dora Milaje again, of course, that Okoye, right? She was in Falcon Winter Soldier. She was oh, a big yeah. part of that. She'll be a big part of this.
1: Um, she might be a big part of the Black Panther show that they're doing as well. Or not Black Panther, but they're doing a Wakanda show as well. So it's very possible that they were setting them up for the TVN too. But it's probably both knowing the MCU. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they, it seems like they're not... Really limiting what, what they're going to do as far as bringing stuff for people in or – character wise I mean they did some deep cuts in Falcon and the Winter Soldier like well you have time to
1: do the deep cuts right yeah because it's it's over six episodes since we're talking about Marvel this is a good opportunity to get my stuff out of the way so the Eternals trailer dropped and mm-hmm. I was just curious what you guys thought of that trailer I was watching it and I wasn't super enraptured by it but Marvel is about 50% with their trailers for me like sometimes I get excited watching them sometimes I don't but I always just just feel very sure that I'm going to love it, you know? And I felt that way with this. It's like, okay, this is something really, really different, it seems like. But I know I'm going to love it. I'm sure I'm going to love it. I mean, eventually they're going to do something I won't love. But
2: I thought it was really strange when, like, they had Popeye pop out of the one part. And then, like, there was the elephant parade going on. And wait, what was I watching?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> was that, like, the new Space Jam trailer? <laughs> would be surprised if those guys were in the background somewhere.
2: <laughs> I actually haven't seen this trailer.
1: You haven't seen the trailer for Eternals, huh? No. I keep I, saying the Eternals, but apparently a it's just a teaser trailer as well. It's just a teaser trailer that's two it minutes long, It does not long, give though. you
0: a whole lot of information at no. all.
1: It's a lot of showing landscape and having, I don't know how to put it, but international music over it, you know. It's not your typical international music where a bomb goes off and here. hear, yeah, yeah. like, it's not that. It's like something soothing. <laughs> Just talking about American blockbusters.
0: <laughs> like how Iron Man probably started.
1: Oh, 100%. That's uh, in there.
0: At least... It started with that and then it transitioned into ACDC.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Or Ozzy Osborne, whoever
1: It's definitely in there when the bomb goes off on Tony yeah. at the beginning. Like That's you definitely hear that, yeah.
0: It's terrorist soundtrack.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the all terrorism soundtrack. God. Yeah. Terrible Americans, we're fucking terrible. We
0: hit them with bombs and then we make that part of the soundtrack for
1: when they are the
0: villains. When in they our return movies. a bomb,
1: Jesus <laughs> Christ, when they return one bomb that doesn't even kill the guy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, it might have killed the kid who put up gang signs in the Humvee, right? Anyway, Eternals, oh. like it looks interesting to me. They have this little exchange where they're at the dinner table and one of them says, so, who do you think will take over for Captain Steve Rogers? She says Captain Steve Rogers and Tony Stark. And one of the guys, like, I could take over the Avengers. I think Angelina Jolie kind of rolls her eyes and everybody else just laughs at him. And that was really the only levity in the entire trailer.
0: Yeah.
1: It was showing these sweeping backgrounds. It's showing, like, an alien ship that's, like, a flat disk, which feels like the old Eternals comic quite a bit. Like, it's a lot of... um Jack Kirby's art style kind of on there, but not real. The,
0: not the weird color scheme. Not the color scheme, yeah. no.
1: But like seeing a flat disc for a ship, that's like a Kirby thing right there, I feel like.
0: And if we see Celestials, they'll probably be very Kirby-esque.
1: I would imagine, yeah. I think
0: they're the ones that created the Eternals, right? <laughs> celestials?
1: I think so. And we saw one dead Celestial that everybody's partying in in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah. And we
0: saw two Celestials in a flashback in that same movie. when With the stone? Yeah, describing how the stone was used to blow up a whole planet. There's like a sequence with two big giant creatures. All right. Like Galactus size.
1: What was your take on it, Carl? I'm curious.
0: I think it is definitely going to be worth checking out. It was supposed to come out like 2020, so... It got pushed back quite a bit.
1: Are we getting like four movies in twenty twenty? Like just back to back to back to back?
0: Well, it's twenty twenty one, so
1: Oh yeah. Dude, I thought the year was still going. It felt so goddamn long. I was just <laughs> it assuming was it long. would be the rest of my life. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I Yeah. That's a big oh. brain fart.
0: <laughs> uh Chloe Zhao, she won an Oscar, so she's the first...
1: She won two.
0: She's the first MCU director that isn't also an Oscar-winning director. Well, apparently... Oh, wait,
1: wait, wait. No, 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 no. Take Ai Waititi won an Oscar, but he wasn't brought into the MCU when he had an Oscar win.
0: yeah. Although
1: neither was she. They filmed it before she won an Oscar. That's also true. It's kind of the same. So there's... Yeah.
0: (laughs) What did he win an Oscar for?
1: He won an Oscar for a screenplay for Jojo Rabbit. Oh.
0: He won or was he nominated?
1: He won. Not only was he nominated, he won. And you were also thrilled when we talked about it on Box Office Battle. I remember that. Clearly the excitement has faded. That was a separate universe. (laughs) That was the
0: Box Office Battles universe. This is not Safer Network universe.
1: Box Office Battle stuff is not canon anymore. So you want to start
0: crossing universes.
1: Uh, So the other thing I wanted to talk about was Modoc dropped on who Hulu. And so this is like a half hour comedy with Pat Oswalt. I'm already getting the eye roll from Carl, who did not like it.
0: Yeah, that's weird.
1: I liked it quite a bit. It was right up my alley. It's very mean comedy. It was meaner than I expected for a Marvel property, which I kind of enjoyed. They really just took joy out of having somebody like MODOK, who looks very strange, and they let him be a villain. He does care for his family, but also his family is dysfunctional as hell. And you can see elements of all of them as to how they could potentially be supervillains one day as well. which I think is how that family unit can work. But I really enjoyed it. There was a lot of throwaway jokes and it was kind of like a mile a minute, like 30 Rock, just like that style, like a lot of rapid fire jokes. I don't know what to say. I liked it. I know you didn't like it, Carl. Do you want to dig into why? I know you've been mulling this over for a couple of days.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to just not caring for the, anim- the stop motion animation a whole lot. Even though I definitely respect the work that it took to make it because, like, it's real stop motion. Yeah. And that's hard to fuck. It just takes forever.
1: It was so convincing looking that I thought that they just made it look like stop motion and it was CGI. I was actually surprised to find out that it was actual stop motion. I'm yeah. sure they CGI'd some backgrounds, though, because we did have that shot of Pat Oswalt in a Modoc suit mo-capping. So. <laughs> well, I think
0: I may have hit full animated show cartoon saturation like i kind of hit this limit where like i can only watch so many cartoons <laughs> it just doesn't make the cut i if i wanted to watch uh an unrelentingly positive son i would watch bob's burgers instead of this instead of lou i would get eugene because um, they're kind of <clears throat> very similar characters in that they see the positive and literally everything
1: so this has been no secret but i find bob's burgers to be one of the most vanilla cartoons out there i just don't like it i've seen many many episodes because my kids watch it all the time and i've just never seen a single thing in that that made me want to watch it the voice talent's good as you would say with Hmm. modok right like great voice talent on both ends But the humor just doesn't really vibe with me on Bob's Burgers.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, I'll watch it if it's on, but I don't seek it out, like. I can see it, like, it's always popping up on Hulu, and I'm like, eh, there's other shit to watch.
1: Yeah, like, and Hulu really wants me to watch Bob's Burgers. <laughs> it never stops selling me on Bob's Burgers. It's like, no matter what I watch, they're like, episode one, season one, you ready? And I'm like, no, stop. <laughs> You're coming off like a very desperate person who's stalking me right now, Hulu.
2: <laughs> I kind of mixed about Modoc. I, wa- I only watched the first two episodes. I didn't care much for the pacing of it it it's a little too rapid like this is surprising is it's it's too rapid fire for me it's
1: this is the exact opposite of where we were last week talking <laughs> about robot chicken of which it's the same people that yeah. put it together
2: <laughs> but i don't know it's just like robot chicken i i watch in very like there's a there's a good reason it's only 15 minutes but it's just like a good amount of time or 11 minutes and like i'm good with it. after 11 minutes i'm like I can watch something else now. Robot Chicken something I watched. Like, I don't know. I'm just going to put something on real quick. I kind of figured
1: out something this week after talking about Robot Chicken because I was wondering why I was hanging with Modoc so well. And I think part of the issue with Robot Chicken for me, and this is just me, like this, this is absolutely not a criticism. This is just the way that I see it, is that they will have... An action figure and my brain is like what is that action figure and I'm trying to figure out what it is and like think about the world that it's in and then I have to process the joke and I think some of the time I don't catch it in time to even catch the joke but I think because it's MODOK and it's a world that I know very well with Marvel I was able to hang with it the entire time like Wonder Man shows up and I'm like I know exactly who Wonder Man is and I've never seen him try and like do crime fighting Through like arresting homeless people and making their lives miserable. But that kind of checks out too for this show. I guess. I don't know what to say. If you want to watch a mean Marvel show, it's great. (laughs) When you look at Eternals and you look at MODOK, it really seems like Marvel is trying to diversify what they're doing. Like, it always seems like they're they're saying something like, Falcon and the Winter Soldiers, it's like a paranoid spy movie, right? And it is, but it's really not. Like, it has little elements of it, but it's also really a Marvel movie at its core.
0: Yeah, an extended long one.
1: Yes. But... From what I could see from the teaser trailer of Eternals and from what I saw watching all 10 episodes of Modoc, it does feel like they're doing different things. And I really respect that because I feel like now is the time that you're in these new phases to really just try a lot of different shit and see what works. Because if you want to last a long time, you're going to have to change with the times and you're going to have to try different things. That, that same formula is not going to work over and over again. So I appreciate the swings even if I'm not necessarily going to appreciate <laughs> everything that comes down the pike
2: so my youngest child we were watching uh modoc and she was about half pissed at it because modoc got the green light and a bunch of other properties because that was during the merger like a lot of the other projects ended up by the wayside but modoc was far enough along they kept going with it and they were pretty upset that uh the Incredible Squirrel Girl did not get their own show.
1: So you two were very, very misinformed on what was happening there because that had nothing to do with those Hulu shows. Squirrel Girl was supposed to be on this group thing that was going to be on Freeform and
0: New Warriors. No, not New
1: Warriors. I think it was New Warriors. Yeah. I, I think it was, yeah. And that got canned for entirely different reasons. Like, that was basically the merger went through, and it's like, why are we wasting time with these C-list characters? <laughs> <laughs> I really think that's what it was for Squirrel Girl.
0: And they stopped develop. It was... At the same time that they canceled that, they stopped the other two young adult sort of teen shows, Runaways and uh, Cloak and Dagger, which Mm -hmm. were both Marvel shows, but neither of them were really in the MCU. But they kind of referenced it like they acted like they were kind of nearby and they crossed over with each other once which was kind of cool they were both in their second season i think
1: they were kind of doing the netflix thing like when netflix first started out they were trying to link it to the mcu and then at a certain point they're like we're not going to bother anymore you know there was no blip Situation with any of the any yeah. of the shows. Um, I should be clear too. Modoc is not MCU technically. It's it's very clearly just a Marvel show. It's done by Jeff Loeb, who does their television arm, like the regular television arm.
0: I don't think anybody thinks a stop motion show is canon yeah. in the MCU. I just want to.
1: Yeah. I don't want to give away my nerd card again. So <laughs> I've had it revoked two or three times my podcasting career. So what you got, Carl? Uh,
0: uh, well, aside from. Life in the world being just, like, a insane nightmare of crazy people doing stupid things. Because that's what it is. You should always watch John Oliver's show. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. It's, like, the smartest show out there right now. And they're one of the few people that do... Well, they're not one of the few people. That's kind of an insane thing for me to say without, like, doing research, but... uh I trust their vetting process for their stories, like the research that they do and the evidence that they provide makes it so that when they say things on there, I generally accept it as true. They don't seem like they're making shit up because they back it up with evidence and research. They got a good research team. And recently they were talking about sponsored content on local <laughs> news channels yep. and how like you can Basically buy a spot at the end of a news show on a local news channel and just like pitch your product and they'll just whatever the hell it is. They'll just eat it up. Sure. Tell us more. Where can we find it? Tell us about your website. How do I get more boner pills? It's pretty insane. And they took it a step further, which is the best part. Because it's one thing to make this claim, like we have evidence that they did this. It's another to come up with a fake product and then, like, hire a person to be the face of that product and to go and do interviews at these news stations three different stations, pitch it and get successfully get it on the news. And it was like a sexual wellness blanket. That was like, uh... It got woven... Mag-
2: magnets woven mm-hmm. into
0: it, like... Yeah, using pr- the principles of magnetogenetics. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they actually name-checked the X-Men character.
0: <laughs> and they also talked about how, like, one of the advantages of our product is that it doesn't look like a medical device. It just looks like a blanket. <laughs> That's one of its advantages. <laughs> And they also were trying; they intentionally planting information, trying to incite the reporters to ask follow-up questions. And one of them was like, based on German technology from like 80 years ago, yeah,
1: <laughs> during World War Two, yeah.
0: So like – and John Oliver, of course, surely they'll ask a follow-up question about (laughs) Nazi-era German technology.
1: But they don't. You know what's funny about this is I watched that episode and I thought I fell asleep. And then I realized, like, oh no, 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 no! I just for some reason that episode just flew over me. Now I fell asleep during that entire thing. I don't remember this at all. Oh,
2: you got to go back to a second. Half. It. It's I am great.
1: absolutely going to go back and re-watch no, you know, it. a lot of
0: this the show is basically split in half these
1: days. There's a opening segment and then yeah, a and main I saw segment. the beginning of that. I did not see any of the blanket stuff. So yeah,
0: that's how they end the sequence segment with, and it's pretty ingenious. It's one of the th- it's it's the reason why the show is so great. Right. It's like they come up with these really clever, out of the box ways to spend their show's budget. You know, like we bought time on other TV shows. That's oh,
1: they had the catheter. <laughs> they had the catheter yep, cowboy for a long time space and to like, try and like
0: give messages to. They Trump. used op, <laughs> they used operational expenses from their budget account to buy medical debt and just throw it in the garbage, basically, and just forgive it to a bunch of people. And, like... Who does that? You know, nobody else fucking does that. Oh, why isn't Oprah doing that every week? Well, I guess she doesn't have a show anymore. No, not
1: anymore. She's got a network. Why though.
0: isn't Ellen doing that? Oh, she's canceled. She doesn't have a show uh, anymore. Why won't Kelly Clarkson do it when she takes over Ellen's spot? Which is what I saw on the news. Yeah. So why doesn't well, Phil Donahue do it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I so say, saw a Sally up.
0: Jesse Raphael. You're on blast. Come on, Charles Grodin. Let's take this torch and run with it. I'll Okay, well, now we're going after dead people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Too soon. Dan,
2: fuck you, Alex Trebek. <laughs> there. So there was a follow-up. John Oliver put that... Fake news segment on uh, three different stations. One was in Denver. One was in Houston, and I can't remember where the third one was. Utah, maybe. Yeah, it might have been like Salt Lake area. Yeah. Anyways, they uh, at least two of the three of them were like, "Yeah, this is uh, something we definitely have been called out for, and we're going to be revamping our policies." Because it was like twenty five hundred bucks. To get that news-sponsored content. Can I tell you something? They're not going to stop. Yeah, no, I not. mean, they might for like a month. They
1: might make a big issue of it, but then they'll just go right back to it. anyway. They they can make yeah. money, they're going to do it. This is the problem with having news make money. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I hate to sound like an old crotchety man, but well, it used to like- be that the news was a loss leader for networks, and including local news. And they just accepted that as part of your civic duty. Like, you put on the news, you report the news, and then... You just take the loss because it's important for society. And somewhere when corporations just got larger and larger and larger, they lost their way.
0: Well, you know, I you, you hear local news, right? And then you just kind of assume locally owned news. But no, that's not the not case. Even, Dude, our, because our news station Because it's like is one like company from... that owns like 1,100 news stations yeah, and then would... another company that owns 2,600 news stations and I that's most of the country. I know least two of the
2: local companies. I believe it's KTVH and Fox and a- ABC I think are all part of the Sinclair Group. Yeah, yeah
0: which is like a super like... mega corporation like Hydra or AIM or <laughs> – <laughs> It's Bring just back like to so fucking stupid that – that's even allowed. I think that these a local news company should be locally owned by that town, not by the state, not by the government, like by the city itself. It should be a municipal thing, you know, Do you bring remember... back local cable and bring back like people that get to like come up with their own show and just like go into the studio and rent time. Do you remember time?
1: we had this one conversation a year or so ago where we were talking about how.
2: That's not canon
0: anymore. <laughs> no, no,
1: no, it yeah. wasn't. On, it wasn't on a podcast. Okay. This is a porch conversation. It wasn't Those aren't even canon it, either. I don't think you were even privy to this, Brandon. But Carl and I were having this conversation about how isn't it crazy that these corporations own all of these news stations? And I thought you could only own one TV channel in a town. And I don't remember who said that. It was you or me, and we're both like, yeah. And then we thought for a minute, and I was like, did we just get that from UHF? And it might never have been true. <laughs> and then we had to admit we really didn't. know we saw in new conversation
2: okay yeah.
1: <laughs> i mean i don't think it was in the not safe for network verse or anything i think it was just a casual conversation but it's amazing how you can hear something like that in a movie or tv and just accept it as reality
0: yeah it's fun to watch old movies that like are from an era when they really didn't understand technology all that well and they are trying to Make these movies with these logical storyline beats, story beats that just don't even make any sense whatsoever. Like there was a really good movie that came out with Chris Evans, I believe, called Cellular. And the whole thing is like this suspense thriller movie that's based around cell phones. It's like the gimmick of it. I remember
2: that movie. And
0: it makes no sense. One of the things in the movie that is like a pivotal story beat. Like the, the plot, the movie can't happen if this doesn't occur. And it's got a random thing that happens. Two people are driving down the street, I think in opposite directions, and they have the same kind of cell phone and their conversations switch phones. So suddenly one guy <laughs> just is, doesn't
1: happen. That
0: is a thing that can literally not happen with those cell phones of that time. And then there's just like all That's a thing
1: of that could have happened when you had switchboard operators and hard lines where they accidentally mixed it into the
2: I'm wrong thing. K- five <laughs> And it's also
0: kind of a speculative movie that like has a cell phone with a video uh, call like thing feature, but it doesn't work like it's on a flip phone. And like those phones are not powerful enough to do a whole video thing. Like it's just not possible. So That was movie magic because like now we have FaceTime and stuff like that. It's real. We know what that actually looks like. And so when you see it, it's like those scenes where the super low budget cheapo move where... You see a security camera. Yeah. And the security camera is showing you not security camera footage, but like footage from the movie itself.
1: Or when they're watching TV and they're showing the TV in a close-up and it's like widescreen and the TV was in widescreen, but this is like the 80s. So you're like, no news program looks like that. <laughs> well, I, it's all in a square.
0: I did a deep dive the other day and it was an incomplete deep dive, but I watched the two Charlie's Angels movies. And I wasn't able to watch the reboot because the original two were on Prime for free, but the reboot was like $14 to rent. And I was like, nah, (laughs) sorry, not going to pay $14 for that movie. I I wanted to watch it, though, because I felt like it would be a nice palate cleanser after watching the just like absolute nonsense that those two movies are. (laughs) Fucking McG is an idiot what is wrong how does that guy get moot drew barrymore produced it what (laughs) the fuck dude it's like by the second movie it just abandons all pretense of being anything other than like a weird cartoonish we don't even care about physics at all our action sequences are so like over choreographed and like nonsensical
1: didn't that happen a bit in the first one too though because a little little bit i could be mistaken but didn't crispin glover like leap over a fence or something from like a stand crispin glover is
0: the most ridiculous character in that series he's in both movies and in the first movie he is a henchman working for the villain and then for demi moore yeah. No, that's not the first one the villain is Sam Rockwell.
1: Yeah, Demi Moore is in the second. Demi sequel. Moore is
2: in the second one. And Oh, Demi Moore played the the old the former Charlie. angel, yeah. Madison Lee.
1: Which how pissed off are you God, if you're like the Fawcett faucet or you're like Cheryl Ladd or one of these people and they're like, "Yeah, it's one of the original angels." And you're just like, "Fuck you. Well, she was like <laughs> 10 when I was doing Charlie's Angels." One of the
0: original original angels is is in the second one, and she plays herself. Okay. And she was also the one that was in every single episode of Charlie's Angels.
1: I think that was Cheryl Ladd, I want to say. No, but I somebody else. Some
0: lady <laughs> that I've never heard her name before. They, okay. They couldn't get any of those big name ladies that went on to do other things.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which is Lother. ironic because I feel like they didn't have a super giant career in the 90s. But Well, so,
2: it was like – what was it? The one that just passed away – she played the mom on uh, that '70s show, Donna's mom.
1: Oh, uh, oh yeah, that's right. She played Midge. Um, yeah, uh, and she was Ringo Starr's wife.
2: Yeah, oh,
0: fuck, what's her name?
1: Or, wait, was it Ringo Starr? Or was it George Harrison? She was George, Harrison's George wife. George Harrison.
2: George yeah.
0: Harrison's widow,
2: then. No, I don't know. They were together when he passed, but yeah,
1: I don't. I don't. T- I can't think of her name. And normally it's, I know it because.
2: I mean, how many times, like, I know we talked about her on a box office battle and.
1: Yeah. In syndication. And And I'm not going to pull out my phone.
0: (laughs) I'm (laughs) just going to shout it out
1: at some inappropriate time.
0: They got an amazing list of like actors, like really good actors to be in these movies. It's kind of insane. And not necessarily great actors either. But like, so Crispin Glover, his character, he has a sword and a cane. Yes. He doesn't speak, but he does rip girl's hair out like a lock of their hair and then rub it all over his face and shriek in their faces and And that was
1: not in the script that was just crisp and glover deciding that would be a good character choice i'm sure and (laughs) i think
0: they just call him creepy thin man and uh in the first movie he's a villain he works for the guy that hires them is sam rockwell And he, everywhere he goes, he, like, is sliding his feet and, like, doing little (laughs) dancey, cool guy dance moves. Doing what Sam Rockwell does best,
1: look like a blowhard. Kind
0: of sucks, but he also pulls off the being suave thing, like, really well in this movie. He's very cool, but he's also a total D-bag.
1: And... uh, that is Sam Rockwell at his best. It's like, like halfway when through the, the movie. he's got overconfidence.
0: Yeah. And yeah. he's trying to find Charlie, track down Charlie to kill him and whatever. And uh, Bill Murray is Bosley. And you got your Cameron Diaz, Lucy Liu, Drew Barrymore. They're all adorable. Lucy Liu is the reason why I watched him in the first place. I watched Lucky Number Sloven and her chemistry with Josh Hartnett was so strong that I just got Magnetically using magnetogenetics, I got attracted to other adjacent Lucy Lou movies.
1: I had a crush on all three of them in the nineties. Like going, they're literally like
0: too. taking turns being a sexual fantasy costume characters like it's kind of insane there's this one scene where lucy lou is in like a full like dominatrix style like snapping a whip sticky thing around cracking it and making all the guys jump and then she does this moment where she like pivots so flawlessly from like uh angry dominatrix into like helpless idiot <laughs> and like the manipulation of it is like so impressive. Just like watching her turn on a dime and like these guys are just like now falling over themselves to do whatever she wants.
1: You know, it's funny you said Dominatrix because my introduction to her was dressed as a Dominatrix in Payback. It was this Mel Gibson yes, movie. That movie I like. I liked it. I have not seen it for a long time, yeah, but yeah. I do remember James Colburn with the suitcase. Yeah, And Mel Gibson shoots it, and he's like, that's mean, man. That's just mean. And I love that line. I used to say that a lot. Yeah. There were
0: some pretty kick-ass Mel Gibson movies back in the day. (laughs) It's too bad. (laughs) Payback was good. Conspiracy Theory was good. And Maverick was good. Those are the three that I miss.
1: I never saw all of Conspiracy Theory. I just saw the end. But Maverick was That was an old timer for me. And it's one that I still occasionally go back to. Like that one and a couple of the Lethal Weapon movies. And I know he's a shitbag, but I'm always like, he's not seeing anybody It's it's not
0: like I'm going back to these movies for him. I'm going back to these movies for freaking Jodie Foster.
1: Oh, for Maverick, I'm going back for Bill Goldman's Steady Writing. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah,
0: Bill <laughs> Goldman crushes it with yeah. the writing. Jody Foster crushes it. The dad, the guy that plays the 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 Marshall that winds up being like his.
1: Oh, his James self. Garner, the original James, Maverick, James Garner. Garner. the original yeah. Maverick. Like from the it show. just is
0: really that one comes together in so many different places. You know, like and fuck young Mel Gibson was a ch- can we just pretend like they were different people
1: entirely you know who else kills it in Maverick Danny Glover he's that- amazing in, in Maverick because they have that scene where he's like holding up a bank and he's like he's like I'm too old for this shit like in front of Mel Gibson as he's riding off they ha- they actually have that that's a part of Maverick as you know well.
0: I'm pretty sure, is it Alfred Molina in
1: Maverick? He might be. I don't remember him being in it, but probably. It sounds like him an And
0: if he, I think he is. And he's yeah. He's pretty great. It's a great movie. It
1: really is. <laughs> <laughs> let's
0: just pretend like there were two Mel Gibsons and like at one point, like, let's say that that one night that Mel Gibson went on that drunken rant on the highway, that that all started when he ran over the original Mel Gibson and killed him
1: and that was the dude. day
0: the mel gibson that we all liked collectively as an actor died
1: so are we saying that current mel gibson is maybe mephisto
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> if we see him in an mcu movie we'll know
0: dude don't jinx it mel gibson will wind up being reed richards or something Ugh. instead of John Krasinski. I
1: don't think they would make that move. I think Disney is way too averse <laughs> to yeah, having I, controversial Disney
0: people. Disney definitely wouldn't go for that one. Not Disney.
1: I would say any other corporation Just to avoid would do all it.
0: the ba- all the the back and forth and the obnoxiousness of it.
1: 100% dude. They don't want controversial yeah, yeah. people. They do not want them. It's just as simple yeah, as, I, as that.
0: Luckily, like James Gunn managed to like dodge all that shit cuz it was well, pretty obvious. He didn't dodge it, but no, he, he, was defi- pretty, he definitely I mean he definitely took fact a that they- They reinstated reinstated him was a dodge because he was canceled and but then he I, came back. He you was know, fired and then brought back.
1: I think there's two reasons why he was brought back. I think one is he was legitimately sorry and he immediately copped to it in the press and apologized and didn't make excuses. Yeah, he didn't double and, down, and, down on it. And yeah. and Kevin Feige really wanted him to make another movie and... The entire ex-
0: cast threatened to walk, basically. Yeah, and he accepted it. Batista certainly di- threatened, like, I'm not going to do another one if he's not.
1: Yep, and Gun accepted it and then had a lunch with Iger almost a year later and then like apologized to Iger and he decided to let him back. I think that's reason number one. I think reason number two is the reason why Disney doesn't want anybody controversial on their slate is because they got way more controversy from firing him when he was so apologetic than they would have for keeping him. And I think at that point Bob Iger made the calculation of like, okay, we're actually stepping into more controversy, so we can just diffuse it by bringing him back. Yeah. I, I think that's the real reason to be But clear. you know,
0: then it's also the things that were said, the con the actual context of it, because when you look try to compare it to another firing by parent company Disney, and you look at Gina Carano yeah. and the content of what she was saying is vastly different from the content of what uh James Gunn was saying, like, arguably the thing that James Gunn said was, like, grosser, but the things that Gina Carano were saying were closer to actual reality. Like, she was actually making statements about the world we live in. And he, he was, was making telling bad jokes, yeah. bad fictional jokes that yeah, were and, not real.
1: And look at how they handled it, too. Like, James Gunn immediately apologized yeah. and yep. never backed off of that. And she Gina doubled Carano down doubled down. And down. cried a yeah. bunch
0: and made Holocaust comparisons, which is always a bad idea.
1: So was that the deep dive? <laughs>
0: uh, so in the second movie, the thin man shows up multiple times and kills people that are trying to kill the people that the angels are trying to protect and you kind of just assume that he's part of the bad guys team because it's kind of made up of a bunch of people but he never has a a actual affiliation with anybody and then in one fight sequence he shows up saves lucy lou they start to fight. As she's fighting him, he's like killing people around her, and so they realize that he's not like a bad guy this time. He's there to help for some reason.
1: The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Not
0: even that. He's like changed his mind about them or something, right? And then he uh,
1: gets to get close to him for locks of hair. That's how they. finish Well, out that's, the that's, that's
2: kind part of kind
1: of that's
0: part of what yeah. happens is, which is like he goes to rescue Drew Barrymore, and oh. She has gone through this roller coaster in the second movie where turns out she has this. Uh, her name in the movie is something, but that's a fake identity. Her real original name was Hannah Zass. And the, they thought it was fun to make fun of her name because it's Hannah Zass. Hannah Zass.
1: I, I got it. <laughs>
0: Hannah <Zass. laughs> It's not
1: funny. That's why I didn't laugh.
0: And. Uh, <laughs>
1: I heard Bard Simpson oh my God. say that. They in the giggle Simpsons like once.
0: They thought it was so funny. Anyways, because of her past life, she put some Irish gangster in prison, and he got spent the next twelve years getting all ripped and now he's trying to murder her just her like he's in it just to murder her and she was gonna quit the team but then she comes back it was like not even an issue it takes like five minutes for her to turn around and come back after she leaves forever and then they all get shot and then they don't because they have kevlar blah blah back to the fight Drew Barrymore's fighting this irish dude that has been trying to murder her the whole time who also was her first boyfriend because she, she always likes the bad guy. If she says, oh, that guy's hot, they're like, oh, that's the bad guy. Because she always goes for the bad guy, right? So then Thin Man, Crispin Glover, starts helping her. And he, like, saves her life. And then he <laughs> rips a bunch of her hair out, right? And starts sn- rubbing it all over his face and screaming at her. And, and then she's, she's, she's got a lock of his hair. And Drew Barrymore starts rubbing his hair on her face. Like, not in, like, the same way that he's doing it, like she's clearly not getting anything out of it it's more like a you like this kind of thing right and then he stops and he goes what and it's literally in this story in this movie franchise that's the first word he's ever spoken in his entire life it's him going what and then she says are you gonna say something and then before he can say anything else the bad guy fucking stabs him in the back and kills him and he falls off a roof and dies and it was just like, as I watched <laughs> this happen, I'm just like, "What the fuck is even
1: happening here?" <laughs> and that's not even to mention that Tom Green and Joey Triviani were in this, <laughs> and, and, John and John Cleese. And John Cleese.
0: John Cleese is Lucy Lou's dad, and there's a whole side plot in the second wow. movie that involves.
2: Why don't even why a, did I not remember any? There's of, a whole like, side I plot. I watched it. I rewatched both of the movies like a year or two ago, and I still don't remember. I never I never
1: fully saw the second one. I just saw parts of it on TV. There's enough whole... to know I didn't want to like take the time.
0: So there's a whole side plot with Joey Tribbiani and John Cleese. Where Joey Tribbiani is convinced that Charlie is a pimp and that his girlfriend. <laughs> Who he's on a break with in the second movie is prostitute. And that's what he tells John Cleese, her father, Lucy Liu's father, that that's who Charlie is. And then she's... So that sets up nothing but misunderstandings. John Cleese is her father? Yeah. John Cleese is Lucy (laughs) Liu's father. And so that sets up a whole series of misunderstandings where Lucy Liu is like, me and my friends, we just... Took on a bunch of guys because she thinks he knows that she's a secret agent. So she's like telling him how she beat up a bunch of guys, but she's like, "We took on like fifteen guys," and he's just like, "Oh my god, finished them
2: all off." Yeah, she thinks that
0: he's. She's talking about having sex with them. It's hilarious. It's not. So there's also a side plot with Cameron Diaz because each of the girls get their own side plot. So Cameron Diaz, that's
1: nice. They're only the stars. She's with.
0: She's with Luke Wilson. And he has a high school reunion that he's got to go to. And she goes to his high school reunion with him. And then at one point, She thinks that he's going to ask her to marry him, but they just moved in together, so it's too soon. And then he goes, I have something important to ask her. And she goes, spin me first. And then he spins her, and she goes flying, and she gets tangled up in balloons, and she falls over. But then she gets up all confident and starts dancing. And then everybody in this high school reunion that nobody knows her... Because it's a his high school reunion, not hers. But they all seem to know this extremely elaborate choreographed it's the hustle, dance. Man. No, it's like <laughs> a dance where she's going from like person to person, and they're all perfectly synchronized around her. Like they're not all doing their own dance. It's one dance that she is is the center of, and she she is a complete stranger <laughs> to all of these people. And I'm just like watching this going. How is she doing this? It's like high school musical rules. It's glee rules.
1: Yeah, it's the craziest trope in movies. And if you really think that out, so we're talking, was that one in the 90s too or was it like early 2000s? This is like
0: 2004, 2005. So she
1: might have sent them emails like through their Yahoo accounts of like, hey, here's an instructional on how to do this dance at the reunion. I think
2: that was before the, what was it? The mob? The flash mob thing became a thing. Improv everywhere.
1: Yeah, it's before that, but she would have had to have like put it on there and then had this JPEG on there of each move, where you see like an outline of a guy like with his hand up or whatever. And then it would have taken a couple hours to even see all the photos because the computer would have been like because it was all dial-up modems. Like the way to get everybody synchronized in this would have been insane, and I don't believe it. It's just wrong.
0: But the sequel. Uh which is called Full Throttle. Charlie's Angel's Full Colon, Throttle. Full Throttle. This movie, uh, the soundtrack, one of the one of the songs on the soundtrack is Danger High Voltage by Electric Six. So this movie is a is a great movie that I highly <laughs> recommend to everybody.
1: <laughs> that's amazing that that's the what soundtrack you that's the, to. the
0: soundtrack has like, I swear to God, 40 songs on it. Because They will play a song for about a minute and 30 seconds and do a little mini montage to it. And then they'll have like a conversation and then that will be lead to a scene transition. And then there will be another different rock song that plays for a minute and 30 seconds while another little montage sequence plays. And then it cuts to the team and they say some more stuff to each other. And maybe this time they do some action, like ride motorbikes with Shia LaBeouf and Pink. Or maybe they... Or maybe they break into a Mongolian bar to rescue uh, the (laughs) T-1000.
1: I just want to tell Generation Z this really quick. It's just, you're young, so you may not have context for this. Soundtracks were really, really important in the 90s and Dude, the early 2000s. Soundtracks back
0: then. They don't make them like they used to. No,
1: like, think of what a big deal the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack was. Ugh. That was every other box office movie yeah. in the 90s and early 2000s. It was just, it was either come up with an original soundtrack that did an entire corner of a certain type of music, and you get all those people working together, or the more pop just take a bunch of songs that everybody knows and collect them onto one CD, right? Like Days of Confused, for example. Yeah. Had two soundtracks because that's the era we were in. And everybody was like, oh, I need these soundtracks, even though there were songs that had played on classic rock radio for fucking 40 years. And this one
0: was particularly bizarre with its music choice, like because it would make these jumps from like all the small things to MC Hammer. And this is MC Hammer like 10 years too long late because that's <laughs> not one of 14 his three songs too late because he came out in like 1988 1989 I think is when he got started that sounds right and he was probably hit his stride in 1992
1: I'd say 90 and like that's when like hammer don't hurt him come yeah out. and yeah.
0: this is 2004 <laughs> right 10 years like, later at
1: this point hammer has already had to fire his 75 crew members that were all neighbors that and he see, had that was up, an impromptu- He's already lost, like the waterfall he's mansion. He's touring that he with
0: ICP. And- yeah.
1: <laughs> um. Not only is he touring with ICP, he's being paid to run their sound. It shows. <laughs> And uh,
0: it goes from that to, like, then it goes to Electric 6. And then immediately from Electric 6, it goes to White Zombie because that was a weird transition. And it was just a very strange movie. I'm surprised that when Pink showed up playing, like, not herself, but just, like, the girl that makes dirt bike race begins now, whatever that lady's called, the flag girl. I thought it would be a Pink song playing in the background. But wasn't I was just like what? How did they not do that? And then there's also a sequence. But when they finally abandon physics altogether at the end, there's a sequence where Demi Moore, <laughs> Demi Moore, jumps off a building and uses like a little squirrel-like fly suit, you know, to like swoop away,
1: like a flying squirrel kind of deal. Yeah, yeah.
0: and the the way that the girls chase her is by jumping off the building and grabbing onto like a string of lights. You know what I mean? They, like, are going across the street. And then they chase her by swinging on those wires for, like... 12 blocks. So
1: it's basically become a Fast and the Furious movie without the cars at this point.
0: Yeah, uh, pretty much. Does it not predate Fast and Furious? Oh, it definitely predates it. I I'm
1: don't saying like know a, about that. If you're talking about it Full It predates
0: throttle. what Fast and Furious has become.
1: Yes. 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 That's what I mean specifically. Because
0: that's like Fast and Furious didn't become what it is today until like five or six. Four is the
2: turn. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's five. I can't speak four. to it. I'm See, the first the three furious. had a kind of very three similar. doesn't count. Four is like where the the they took the franchise in a different direction, and four through eight <laughs> plus Hobbs and Shaw, and now nine,
0: nine, and it's ending on eleven.
2: I don't know. Jesus, is it ending?
0: I. <laughs> but I that's what they say they claim. So they're ending it on 11. They're doing two more. I mean,
2: they're still making bank for that, so. They're
0: making two more after this one. Or maybe they're only making one more. Maybe they're making nine and ten.
2: I know nine's supposed to come out here. Yeah, nine's about here. About a month or so.
0: Very soon.
2: Oh, I'll totally catch up by then. We've actually gotten, <laughs> I'm only like, on part two.
0: <laughs> we've gotten a bunch of movies, like, the last couple of weeks. They're really starting to, like, come out every week now. Like, A Quiet Place 2 came out this week. and Oh, uh, I gotta
1: to go see that. Yeah. Now that I'm all vaxxed up,
0: and the one that I wanted, been meaning to watch, is nobody. Yeah. But I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna buy that on Amazon Prime and just watch it
1: at home. <laughs> Are you having a hard time getting or maintaining an erection? Sure, you could examine your life and sort out your emotions to get to the root of your problems, but who has the time for lasting self-improvement? Talk to your doctor and get Erectile Function Plus, and in no time you'll have an Eiffel Tower for your loved one to visit. Erectile Function Plus can cause the following side effects: warmth, or redness in the face, neck, and chest, stuffy nose, headaches, stomach pain, upset stomach, nausea, diarrhea, memory problems, back pain, and inability to differentiate between the colors green and blue, loss of hearing, ringing in the ears, and dizziness. Erectile Function Plus can cause priapisms where your erection won't go away, and you'll have to go to the emergency room to painfully drain the blood from your penis. Keep the bottle in a cool, dry place, or Erectile Function Plus will be less effective cause you to take another pill which increases the chances of going to the emergency room to painfully drain the blood from your penis. You must ejaculate within an hour of taking Erectile Function Plus or you will have to go to the emergency room to painfully drain the blood from your penis. Listening to Nickelback, Elliott Smith, or Air Supply can counteract Erectile Function Plus. Erectile Function, erectile function Plus. Accept no substitutes. substitutes. And now we take you to the video drum located in downtown Valhalla.
2: So, this week for the battle, since we're in the uh, NBA playoffs and I uh, actually watched uh, Army of the Dead this week and really enjoyed it, I'm like, what am I going to do for battle this week? I know we're going to do a bracket, a playoff bracket of zombie movies. The way I put this together is I have slow moving zombie movies in the Western Conference and fast-moving zombies in the Eastern Conference.
1: Can we flip it? Because, like, the Western Conference is known for quicker-paced basketball and the Eastern Conference is slow. No, absolutely not because I
2: picked it because – the slow movie zombies have higher quality movies. Okay.
1: West is best. East yeah, is least. That, gotcha. That's where I'm going with it. That's also how I go on gangster Rap. So, okay.
2: Okay. The bracket I put together, I have six movies in each conference. The bottom four seeds all have to play in and then the top two get a buy, basically, for the play-in conference. And then we go on a... I'll start with the fast-moving conference. I mean, it's also like the uh, Eastern Conference when I don't care as much about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair.
2: So I actually did some research and found kind of a consensus and kind of found a top six out of those. And then I actually... They got their seeding from Rotten Tomatoes. So you're like a
1: renaissance man of fast-moving zombie movies now? You put in the work. That's more work than anybody other than the people wrote the article with. So
2: So, the number one seed is uh, 28 Days Later. Two is Dawn of the Dead 2004.
1: Okay, so those are
2: not in play yet, right? Yeah. Three and four. Three is uh, World War Z. Four is Zombieland Double Tap. Okay, can we just start the battle here? Yeah. I think it should be Zombieland
1: Double Tap. I know it's a sequel, but I really did not like World War Z. I did like the book, but even beyond that, I just felt like the movie had maybe two good scenes and then just, I don't know, nothing inspired. So
0: the one good scene was when that one they got that doctor and they're like this is the guy that's going to save us all and then he trips and shoots himself in the head
2: yeah and just like oh
0: that was But it just
2: great. I know I've talked about it many times they Really fucked up the format of World War Z. Like,
0: yeah, if they would have made Making it, it a narrative following one character instead of an anthology, and, like jumping from st- and different it would have been intertwining so stories cheap. from
1: across the world,
2: they could have made it way more interesting and done it for half the budget. It should never have been a movie, it should have been a series.
1: Yeah, that's 100%. That's yeah, it's I, not canon anymore, but we talked about it on, on Montucky Skies a lot. It should have been an HBO series, yeah, either limited or open ended. as long as they had stuff but you could have covered all the stories in that and made them so interesting and made up stories as well and just have a different story for each one yeah and you can have like the brad pitt narrator talking to somebody at the beginning Yeah, he could have
2: been the narrator and because that is in the book that is the one character throughout the book because he's Doing all the interviews. But he is not involved in any of them. He's just interviewing them and telling the
1: story.
0: He likes being the one being interviewed, like when he was a vampire and they interviewed him. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) My vote for that one is also double tap because the the vapid little girl in pink is just like one of the best characters to ever be in a zombie movie. (laughs) She's so fucking funny. God, I loved her to death. And I and thought
1: Rosario Dawson was a good ad to that. Yeah. Movie well, as well, she's
0: just like so fucking cool. Yeah. She's, she's great so cool. in any and
1: kind of sci fi horror. Just thing everything you throw that she around. does,
0: she's awesome in. Yeah. Whether she's dancing on a roof with no bra in Clerks 2, or just like kicking an ass as a freaking not Jedi, but basically better than a Jedi. Or
2: whooping Kurt Russell's ass and. Death proof. Yeah, like just she just kicks ass in everything. Alright. So double tap moves on. Uh the other play in Resident Evil versus Army of the Dead.
1: I haven't seen either of these movies. That's a tough one, dude, because like I don't like Zack Snyder and I don't like Resident Evil as a franchise in general.
0: But what about you you like I uh, did
1: like the Dawn of the Dead remake, although I prefer the original. Isn't it so
0: interesting though how a guy could go and make a movie like There Will Be Blood and then turn around and make Resident Evil, which is kind of like the same.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to add a couple of initials in the middle of my name and then go do this. <laughs>
0: paul anderson right
1: yeah exactly he's just like for for legal purposes he puts the ws for his garbagey movies
0: and thomas for his other movies yeah
1: exactly because it sounds more proper i mean when you really he's like think i'm about gonna do it. a high a high concept porn movie i'll go for thomas for they're that basically
0: one. the same story they're the same thing in which movie was it
1: army of the dead
0: no the other one oh uh resident evil yeah and resident evil uh when the zombies are trying to eat their brains it's kind of like Drinking the milkshake. (laughs) (laughs) I drink your milkshake. That's the zombies think uh, the brains. I drink your brain. So Resident Evil wins for me. Plus, I like the games, dude. The games are great. And the movies, at least that first one.
1: If it was the game, I could hand it to it. The first still... one
0: really tried to at least have some kind of resemblance of sorts. Wanna... And it quickly devolved. But the Resident Evil games have managed to uh, reinvent themselves enough that they're staying fresh. And. I think that as a whole like the games are good enough to lift the movies slightly out of being complete dog shit.
1: (laughs) That's the way I see it. I disagree but I'm gonna abstain and see what Brandon wants to do here. Have you seen Army of the haven't like the points? Seen either of them.
0: Points points for and against Army of the Dead, the points that the, the main point that I give that movie is that they spent millions of dollars to replace Chris Delia with Tignitaro by digitally inserting her. <laughs> which and which, at their and own every, expense, a yeah. great expense. So clearly they like felt justified enough to do
2: it based on all the allegations against that dude. And what not. See, I give the edge to Army of the Dead because it's not just a zombie movie, but it's a heist movie on top of that. I'll say that a lot of the
0: complaints about it are things that are bad complaints. Like there's a scene in Army of the Dead where a zombie gets shot in the head and then you can clearly see that the inside of its head is like a robot yeah. head. Right? Yeah, about this? And Zack Snyder said in an interview, Oh yeah, who knows what that could be? Is that like something the government's doing? Is that something that's like aliens or oh, something? Yeah. Fuck you, and and Snyder. Th- no, no, no. It's okay because all of the there's more Army of the Dead stuff that's already been made that is part of this greater story that they're telling. That's an animated show and then a prequel movie that but somebody I feel else is feel directing. Like there's a
1: better way to this handle this. Is that. this is
0: the thing? It's not story dependent. It is a world building. Detail. It does not need to be addressed in Army of the Dead. It's a blink and miss it. Moment. So, like, people are like, I guess movies don't even need to make sense anymore. But that doesn't need to make sense for the story to make sense. Yeah. So it's okay that it doesn't get addressed. And, but I've also
1: heard the story doesn't make sense.
0: Well, <laughs> the thing is, is the story Shit. is stupid. That's different. Yeah.
2: Well, and then, like,
0: kind there's of. A, there's a twist that makes the whole adventure a complete waste of time. Like, they're going in, spoilers, they're going in to steal money, but it turns Turns out they're not actually going in to steal money. They're going in to steal this, to kidnap a zombie. The zombie queen. The, a zombie queen. There's zombie hierarchy in this movie. There's a lot, they're throwing a lot of spaghetti at the wall and it's just seeing what sticks. Yeah. All right. And right.
1: Um, I'm going to do this the most judicious way possible. Heads is, all right, Carl, what do you want it to be?
2: Heads is Army of the Dead. It's Tails. Resident Evil wins.
1: Ugh. Resident Evil
2: wins. Moving on, we got Resident Evil versus 28 Days Later. 28 Days Later and it's not close. I
0: never watched 28 Days Later and I don't really have any plans to, but isn't that uh, Danny Boyle?
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Danny Boyle is hands down just a much better filmmaker. Yeah. Even though Paul Anderson's made There Will Be Blood. (laughs) That movie aside, most of his movies are utter garbage next to what Danny Boyle is producing. So I think it goes to 28 Days Later.
2: I give it to 28 days later because it generally changed zombie movies. Like, Wait, is
0: it a zombie movie even, or is it just like a no, rage it's a zo- it's virus
1: a- movie? It's it's a virus, but it's definitely a zombie virus. Like, they're it's like all yeah.
0: rage monsters.
1: But they're basically doing all the things zombies do. Like, like it's still hyped a
0: zombie up movie. on adrenaline.
1: It's just the idea that it's passed through like a virus. Yeah. I think it popularized that, and it definitely popularized the flat fast-moving zombie. I don't remember that being a thing before. Yeah, days it was later. definitely
2: like at least if if it's not the first, it's the one that, the highlight of the.
1: Yeah, there might be like a super small budget one that was yeah. before it, but I don't know it.
2: Okay, all right, so that one was easy. Dawn of the Dead 2004 versus Zombieland Double Tap.
0: Dawn of the Dead 2004, guy Richard Cheese.
2: Yeah. Well, so did Down Army with the, is the
0: Sickness. Dead. Yeah, um, but. It had it's, Richard Cheese on I mean. it. But it's Richard Cheese covering, like, Viva Las Vegas. That's yeah. not as cool as Richard Cheese covering no. Disturbed.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. This is actually. An- surprisingly not hard for me to pick Zack Snyder on this one because I think he's gotten worse as a filmmaker as the years have gone along. Yeah. This was actually one. really good.
0: Uh I gotta stick with double tap. Uh that blonde girl in the pink was just so great. And everybody else too. Woody we didn't even mention Woody Harrelson. Woody. He's fantastic. He's a lot of fun. And yeah. what's his name's kind of obnoxious. Lex Luther. Yeah. That's what I was trying to <laughs> I wasn't even trying to think of. I wasn't even trying to think of the actor's name. I was trying to think of... Wasn't he some bald guy once? And I have a super crush on Emma Stone so yeah. of course she's great uh, I thought probably the weakest part of that movie is the side plot with the little sister being a dumb little teen and it's understandable that she wants to run away and like do her own thing it's just the fact the immature kids can be obnoxious in movies sometimes
1: I enjoyed Zombieland Double Tap a lot where it started to lose me is anytime they're repeating jokes they hit yeah. it way too hard like the list thing could have been funny if they kept it just as often as in the first movie, but then he runs into, uh, what's his face? The guy from, uh, so oh, little Yeah. And that it's funny stop. at first. And then you're like, dude, you guys need to stop. This scene went on entirely. Too and then long. they
0: all die immediately. Luke Wilson dies. And
1: yeah. And that's an old joke too, where you just like, Oh, look, this, Party happens to be
2: exactly like us. It was a good
0: joke. Anyways, that's humor for you. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't.
2: I'm actually going to go Zombie Land Double Tap. He hates Zack
0: Snyder. He's so woke. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding.
2: Actually, he's a leftist. (laughs) Actually,
0: progressive, progressive spaghetti sauce.
2: All right, going on to the finals, we got 28 Days versus Double Tap. 28 Days Later.
0: Back to 28 Days Later as well. It's just a better, it's made by a better person that knows what he's doing. And it's got Killian Murphy, doesn't it? Or is that the second one?
2: I don't know. pretty sure Killian Murphy. The second one I don't, that has uh, Idris Elba in it. I never saw the second one.
0: I'm pretty sure the main character, I thought it was Killian Murphy.
2: I don't know who Killian Murphy is. <laughs>
1: he played the
0: Scarecrow in uh, Batman Begins.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, anyways, going on to the West Coast. So, number one, we have the 1968 Night of the Living Dead. Uh, number two, we have... Dawn of the Dead, 1978. Fuck yeah! So that those is, are your that buys. Is proper,
1: the the two movies that built the zombie genre more than anything. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, so the first battle we have number three, Shaun of the Dead versus Zombieland. You already had me at Shaun of the Dead. The second I heard that, <laughs> I was like, it doesn't matter yeah. what the next movie
1: is. I, I'm gonna go with Shaun of the Dead Shaun because that movie Dead. makes me laugh and it does the horror You've parts got red right. On you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're going to go to the Winchester. There's a lot of quotable moments in that movie, and the soundtrack is fucking badass. There are bands that I discovered because of that soundtrack that and I still listen to on a like a
1: semi, like every other day. And all two the Queen time songs, and the best usage of Don't Stop Me Now ever. <laughs> yes. Where they're just like slow. Beating the guy with the pool cues. To the beat <laughs> of the song. <laughs>
0: It's yeah, great. it's it's pretty great. It's all pretty great. And then like running into the entire cast of space, basically. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then which is a fun Easter egg. The very Bill beginning, Knight? they show all the people that are like basically zombies, but not dead.
0: Yeah. And then the, like their
2: afterlife, montage. they're based, they're still zombies doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great movie. Where they have the reality it show
1: wins. where they're, like, doing the obstacle course <laughs> and there's all the zombies, like, tethered up. And they're, like, and they're, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That That's movie great. is amazing.
0: Man, that guy knows how to do it. Hasn't screwed us up yet. Yeah. Only screwed up by casting Kevin Spacey and making his movie impossible to see now because it got pulled by all the distributors. Because like, I think about the soundtrack of that movie a lot and how it's it's got Uh, that tone running through the entire soundtrack of the actual, not like the score of the movie or that, but like the actual audio track of the film. There is a tone that runs through the entire film and it's only really noticeable when all the other sound is gone, so very Yeah, when he's not
1: listening to music in his but headphones.
0: It's because the main character has tinnitus,
1: and a great use of a queen. And song it's
0: represented too. in <laughs> the fact that his tinnitus is like built into the movie is
2: genius. Yeah, yeah. So the other play in we have Warm Bodies versus Dead Snow. I Haven't Dead seen Snow. either
1: one. Dead Snow is amazing. That is a movie where okay, so it's a foreign film. I don't remember it's from a, where. Nazi zombies. Yeah.
2: Yes. I Frozen. believe it's Swedish, but it might be Norwegian. I don't know. Here's
1: how I'm gonna sell it. There is a scene where this guy's on the edge of a cliff face and this Nazi zombie is coming after him. Its guts are exposed, so he grabs an intestine <laughs> and like repels off the side of the cliff with it. It's amazing, dude. <laughs> I'm going dead snow. Not even a contest.
0: What was the other one? Warm, Warm bodies. bodies. That one has Nicholas Holt in it, doesn't it? Yes. I hate that guy. <laughs> He was Brandon in, looked yeah. so
1: excited to say yes, and then you were just like, "Fuck that guy! <laughs> I hate
0: that guy! I didn't like him as Beast because it was just him the whole time instead of looking like blue fuzzy Beast man. And he was in a movie that I will—I went to see with some friends of mine in the theater. I don't know why, and they even paid, and I still just like complained about it so much afterwards is Jack the Giant Slayer. Just yeah. one of the worst fucking movies I've ever seen it's in my terrible. entire goddamn life. And I've never forgiven him for those two things. His his contribution to the X-Men franchise is terrible. So everything he's in, bad. He's bad. He made Fury Road <sighs> bad. <laughs> I'm just kidding
2: about that. Fury <laughs> like, Road's pretty great. <laughs> where do you fall
1: on this, Brandon? Just for
2: So... This is actually a really tough one because I really like the movie Warm Bodies. I think it's an interesting take on the zombie. I thought it was fine, but I never thought it was as good as people said it
0: was. Nicholas Holt the zombie? Yeah,
2: and... Oh. And he's, like, sentient, right? Something. Yes, and I don't like how it ends. Basically, like, her love or whatever, like, fixes him, and it, I I do not Does like Does he stop end. being a zombie at the end Kinda. of the movie? Kind of. All well, the
1: zombies start acting more civilized, if Yeah,
2: call There was, like, the main zombies, and then there was, like, the, like, super dead zombies. I. There were, like, whites, like, sort I of. I feel like that... The movies that are like— And once they killed off the whites, like, they, the, the normal zombies, like, started reverting back to— There humanoid. might be
0: enough wonky zombie movies to make their own bracket because there's, like, Fido. That's a, yeah. a weird-ass that zombie movie where, like— Bring back John
2: Cleese. They're
0: doing a thing where they—oh, no, no, it's Billy Connolly. Oh, you're right. You're right. As, and he's awesome. <laughs> but like in that one, it's like a kind of a 1950s aesthetic. they have like a aesthetic. shock collar on him? And they sell zombies to people as like- Pecs. House robots. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. But, and then, and then there's the one with Aubrey Plaza. I forget what that one's called. It might be called Mandy or something or like-
1: Well, this is a bracket
0: yeah.
2: for
1: a different
0: version. I'm just so, saying like, yeah, like I just- So we're going got...
2: to go, actually, I'm going to, we're going to go dead snow on this one. Okay. So we got Night of Living Dead 68 versus Dead Snow. I gotta go. Night of the Living Dead. I love
1: that movie. I've seen it probably ten times. I appreciate that it started the zombie genre, but I also think it's just a really good movie. And yeah. I think it handles this racism in such a good, subtle way yeah. that really like had to have knocked people out back in the sixties. Because
2: basically, the black guy survives until the end.
1: Yeah, and they they're looking for survivors, and then they shoot him in the head, and it's kind of a rednecky thing, and he never never drops an n-word or anything like that it's just there's this subtle racism that's running through it and I think they show what racism is actually like yeah in most cases it's usually not people coming out screaming it's people changing their behaviors and acting oh I I can get away with this because we're
2: in these zombie apocalypse I can shoot a black guy
1: right but the way that so it's in particular that one guy who he winds up killing in the basement right like the bald middle-aged guy and that guy the way that he acts to him is the way that I think a lot of kind of red meat conservatives would treat a black guy if they were in close quarters and had to spend a lot of time with them. I think it's very similar I thought he got
2: out of that and the the army shows up at the end and shoots him.
1: He does, but the main character is the only one who survives. But he shoots the middle-aged guy towards the end because they get in a scuffle over something and he kills that guy. He kills the white guy in the basement eventually because the guy kind of leaves him no choice to be honest
2: yeah no i i think it was a lot of great commentary there i i enjoyed that movie
1: yeah it's what romero did the best was have that social commentary running through a zombie movie how about you carl
2: which zombie movie
1: night of the living dead versus dead snow yeah
0: the original not na- you know what i'm going to give it to the og one that doesn't have nazis in it cuz you know what even zombie nazis are still nazis gross <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Is it> fair <laughs> <laughs>
0: somebody was talking about the new indiana jones movie and they were like, hey, maybe we'll get Nazis in this one. Maybe we'll even get space Nazis. And I was like, it feels weird to get hyped about a but movie because Nazis might be. That there. is what even we're doing. Yeah. Even scientist. if we're punching them, like, you got to specify that. You got to be like, it's going to be awesome that we're going to get to see Nazis get the fuck beat
1: out of them. Yeah. If that, you just it, say it's exciting it's be great to we're going to get
0: to see
1: Nazis. Well, I'm guessing the Nazis go- going to win for a long time and then some
2: artifact is going to consume said Nazi. That's usually how it works.
0: In a grotesque way.
2: Yeah. All right. So moving on, we got Dawn of the Dead 78 versus Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I almost always
0: prefer a well-done parody to a, to an OG movie. So in the same sense that I unabashedly love Walk Hard, I'm going to say Shaun of the Dead.
1: Normally, I would disagree with you, but I agree with you 100% in this particular case. I think Shaun of the Dead is brilliant, and I think it's an evolutionary Bill zombie Nye. movie. Yeah. And I think it opened it up to do different things with zombie movies. I think this movie made that popular. Yeah. Uh, and I love the original Dawn of the Dead, but also, if we're being real, they look pretty weird, right? Like the zombies. Oh, they're
2: just like kind of purpley. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's points against it, too. But Shaun but, of the Dead, I've watched like but 10 But, you know, times. Dawn of the
2: Dead... Like, like for 1978, like doing the whole consumerism yes. like metaphor, it was innovative for 1978. And I think it's better than Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, just I, to be clear. I would definitely agree with that.
1: But against Shaun of the Dead? No, nah, I'm going to go Shaun of the Dead.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. Shaun of the Dead versus Night of the Living Dead. I'm going to keep rolling with Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, dude. Shaun of the
0: Dead. Shaun of the Dead.
2: I, I spoke nice
1: about Night of the Living Dead. I don't feel like <laughs> I have to do it more.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I kind of agree with this one like. Yeah, it's so It's is a that the it's finals. A, like I could definitely like always roll with Shaun of the Dead. Like Night of the Living Dead, like I enjoyed it, but it's not something like if it's on TV, I'm going to watch it.
1: So do we have twenty eight days later versus Shaun of the Twenty
2: eight days later versus Shaun of the Dead? That's the final. That's, okay, that's the NBA Finals, right there. I'm
1: feeling guilty because I have voted against a Romero movie at some point over and over again, and this is my one chance to not do it because he produced Twenty eight Days Later. But uh, I like the slow moving zombies better. Number one, number two, Shaun of the Dead is one of my probably top ten movies. It's one of the. It's a more classic zombie, and it's one I can watch. Watch with my kids, and there's not very many that I would want to watch with my kids. It's got
0: it's got Davy Jones from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah, and that blonde girl is pretty cute. I'd fight a bunch of zombies for her heart. I'd overcome my inner slacker and lock my best friend up in the shed and play video games with him.
2: (laughs) Throw records. (laughs) Not good records, I love, I that love That like might actually be this. my least favorite. The fact I love that they,
0: the fact that they thought that that was a reasonable way to defend themselves <laughs> is stupid. The fact that they had to go, oh, up and
2: so they like went back upstairs like. Uh, records. But the
0: the fact that they think that's a reasonable method of self-defense is ridiculous. But Isn't it I, because they killed
1: one with a record so they're just like, oh, so they go again.
0: get but then The fact that they're like going through the records and being like, oh, this one sucks. Throw this one. I
1: fucking love that, dude. Wait, that's what I love Batman. about it. It's ridiculous. If it was not funny, I'd be like, fuck this movie. But it's the fact that like, I could imagine doing that if your only weapon was a record, just being like, Ugh. I
2: like that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Batman soundtrack, throw that shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's amazing, dude. <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm saying Shaun of the Dead, and it's not even close.
2: Yeah, it's putting these two head to head. I know which one I would definitely watch over the other one. No. Yep. Not even close.
1: Here's the thing. I probably tipped it off in the first round when you said Shaun of the Dead, and I said, didn't matter what followed it, because <laughs> <laughs> I already knew that's my favorite zombie movie, and it's not even close. I love that movie. It's so good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, but to finish this out, I actually really enjoyed Army of the Dead. It's about 50 15 minutes too long but it's it So that means there's a 4 hour director's cut somewhere. Oh god. <laughs> Fuck no. No, we do not need the Snyder cut of it. No, it it's only 2 hours and 3 minutes. But it's about 15 minutes too long. I enjoyed it a lot. I did enjoy the world building out of it. I like the fucking zombie tiger scene alone is awesome.
1: I'll be honest. I am going to check it out. I'm not big on Zack Snyder lately, but it has piqued my interest. And I did watch the trailer just to decide whether I was going to watch it or not. And I wound up playing Spider-Man instead. But I'm actually going to watch this one. It, it looks kind of entertaining. So like
2: it, it's, it's a fun two hours. And I
1: like watching Dave Batista. Yeah. i kind of watch him at anything at this point. He
2: actually did a pretty good job. Like he has a emotional arc with his like daughter and it's one of the main plots. So he's repeating Stuber.
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know. I'm like the only person other than Camille and Dave Batista who's seen <laughs> Stuber. It's I love it, but yeah, there's totally a uh Uh, reconciling with my daughter. Yeah.
2: The only thing I, and I I didn't even bother like looking up, what Zack Snyder does really, really well is opens a movie. Yeah. The opening sequence like establishes the movie and like they kind of stole like what they did with Zombieland where they had like the montage to, like, killing zombies and zombies are taking over and, like... But it fills in a lot of gaps real quick and, like, you can get to what the movie is, like... And isn't it
1: all set to Richard Cheese? I think, isn't it his cover of Evil Las Vegas yeah. that opens it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's not as cool as uh Metallica... I mean, I, I've i kind of soured on Metallica over the years, so...
1: I haven't kind of soured on Metallica. Do, oh, okay. absolutely soured on Metallica, dude. <laughs> uh, I think about the time I turned 19 and started really thinking about selling out, because it was the 90s. Uh, well,
2: I, it, was, it all had to do with Napster, and yeah, because I used Napster a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go.
2: Anyway, moving on.
1: There's nowhere to move.
0: The winner has been declared. Yeah, and the winner is Sean of the Dead.
1: All hail Shaun of the Dead! Guilty. I just wanted to do Superman too. Why? I don't know. Take it easy. <laughs> Kneel
0: before Zod.
1: Snoochie Boochies. I wanted to do Mall rats. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. Follow us or reach out on Instagram at NSF underscore network, Facebook's Not Safe for Network page, or email NotSafeForNetworkPodcast for Network Podcast at gmail.com. Not Safe for Network was created and hosted by Carl Borneman, Brandon Beardsley, and Alex Small. Produced by Alex Small. Subscribe to all the podcasts on our network. Season 3 of Movies with Wrestlers has Eric and Connor answering the question on everyone's mind. Who's better, The Rock or John Cena? Every week, A Cosmic Void has Jeremiah and Biggs deconstructing influential movies. Not Safe for Network examines the zeitgeist through rabbit holes, deep dives, interviews, and pop culture battles weekly. And if you need some classic TV talk, catch up on the previous three seasons of In Syndication.